power of the weak. Even you grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we, we pass things down from one generation to the next. It's just it's something naturally that takes place. Some of those are genetics, and we can't help them. Some of them are habits. Uh, some of them are personality traits. To my son, I have passed on this great awareness, and I said this a few weeks ago, this great awareness of how detrimental to your health that tags and T-shirts can be. Uh, <laughs> and that they should not be in there and we need to rip those out as soon as possible when we buy the shirt. Uh, to my daughters, uh, they have beautiful voices and I feel like I have given them that, you know. Uh, but, uh, but we do, we, we pass things on from one generation to the next. And, and uh, my son has never met my father, but he can quote my father's favorite scripture, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. It was my father's favorite. It had to do with eagles. He loved eagles, so therefore it was one of his favorites. And that, that scripture has meant a lot to our family. And my son knows it because one generation passed that on to the next generation and that generation to the next. And as believers, the thing that we want to pass on the most is the greatest commands. We want to pass on from one generation to the next to love God with all our might. Love God with everything we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's what we hope as believers to hand from one generation to the next. And so I kind of have two goals this morning. Uh, maybe three, maybe four. It depends on how I get in the groove up here, right? We'll get to lunch eventually, but I have a couple of goals. And one is talk about how community helps fulfill that generations, passing on generations to love God and love others. And the other is to tie in Camp Deeron into that community. Uh, and so I thought of taking a different approach uh, to, to speaking than usual. Uh, I, I want to take you on a trip, uh, uh, just kind of use our imagination for the next few moments. Uh, I, a few years ago, as, as I say a few, but it was more more, a lot more years ago than I want to admit, but when I was a kid, small little child, uh, I went to a VBS, and at this VBS, we walked in, and they had set up this place like what I called Bible Times, and there was this market that we went in, and we got to buy food, and, and just kind of experience something you might when you were in a market during those times, and we went inside this one room, and it opened up, and there was this house that was kind of set up like a house would be with a table low to the ground. We all sat there, and there's a woman grinding wheat there with an old stone and wheat grinder, and, and we got to eat food there, so I think I really like food at VBS. But everywhere, was just, it was just like this feeling of you were back in this time. So let's travel back in time just for a moment, a time that's after Christ came, died and was raised, and as believers are scattered through different places. Visualize with me being in a small town, and you, you, you find yourself in this town, the, the road's dusty, it's, it's 
nothing but dirt and the, the houses or uh, clay and straw houses and you walk down to the end of this town and you can see water and you get down there and you're, and you're sitting by this water. And this man starts walking towards you, towards these boats. And right behind him, walking in his exact footsteps, is his nine-year-old son following him, getting the dust on him. He's so close, wanting to be just like his father. Him and his father get to the boats, and they pull out these nets, and they start mending these nets, and they're going back and forth, back and forth, and they're mending these nets, and, 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 the, and the son looks up at the dad and just is, is happy because he's there learning this trade with his father. And his father looks back, and he starts laughing, and he says, Son, did I ever tell you about the time that I was sitting there working on these very nets right here? And I heard, put down your nets. And I thought I had done something wrong. And I looked up, and there was this man. And he was over there talking to these, these couple other guys. And he was telling them to put down their nets. It was this rabbi. And we know this rabbi, son. We know him as Jesus. And Jesus was there, and he was telling these guys to drop their nets. And they dropped their nets, and they followed him. They just stopped everything they're doing. Isn't that amazing, son? He said, one day, son, one day God's going to call you to drop your net and follow him. He's going to have you let go of everything and deny yourself and follow him. And son, when he calls you, you do that. Because that's what we believers do. We follow him just like you do me. Imagine that this man, he sees you there. And he, he says, stranger, you have a place to eat tonight? Why don't you come home with us? And so you're highly thankful of it. And you, you wander with him back towards his house later on. You come into the room and in the kitchen is, is a mother and a daughter and, and they are, are making bread. And the daughter, you could overhear the daughter asking the mother a question. Like, Mom, how, how am I going to deal with these friends? They're just... They're mean to me sometimes. What do I do? And she stops her singing. She stops humming. And she looks at her daughter and she says, Did I ever tell you about the time that your father and I were out walking? And we came to this spot and there was all these people gathered around. And we thought, what in the world is going on here? So, so we, we joined this crowd and, and everybody started sitting down. And there was this man speaking and it was Jesus. And he started saying, Blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall be inherit the earth. Blessed are you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And at this moment, the mom stops. She takes the bread out. She pulls the bread out. She starts blowing on it. And she puts it in her daughter's mouth. And she says, for you will be filled. And then she stops and she says, but he also started talking about salt. She takes the salt and she's putting it on top of the dough, sprinkling it. She puts a little piece of salt in her hand. She looks up at her daughter and she says, he said, we. He looked right at us and he said, you, you are salt of the earth. If salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's of, it's of no use but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And at that moment, the mother puts a little salt on the daughter's tongue, and she kind of makes a face. And then she grabs some flour and hits her daughter with some flour in the face, and they giggle, and 
she looks at her and she says, are you thirsty from the salt? You need to go make your friends thirsty for Christ. So however you deal with them, just make sure that when they leave you, you are, they are thirsty for Christ. Some time passes and it's evening and you're getting ready for this meal. You've washed up. But at this point, people start coming in. It's not just this family of four, but more and more people start coming into this house. They're bringing food. You stop and think maybe this was the first potluck or life group. But they bring all this food in. They sit it down at the table. And they start laughing and they're hugging and they're just rejoicing and they're just full of life. And you're sitting there. And one of them says, wait a minute, guys. Do you remember... Do you remember our ancestors, how they were enslaved in Egypt and God brought them out of Egypt? Do you remember how he divided the waters? Do you remember he brought them through? And do you remember how they were in the desert and he provided for them bread and water? Do you remember these things? And another one says, do you remember what we were commanded? Do you remember what we were called to? And let's look at it in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Starting in verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live. Verse 2 again. So that you, your children, and their children After them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy long life. Verse 3, hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you. And that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So they begin their meal by hearing these words. And remembering what God did. And then they continue to celebrate. And that night ends with just singing songs to one another. And in prayer and in peace. And so when I think of this verse, I kind of take my mind and think of what it might have looked like for them to talk about this verse in that time. And I think of generations passing on generations. I want to pass on things to my daughters, to my son. I want to pass on all the good things and hopefully not the bad things, right? I want to especially pass on to them to love God with everything they got. That's what I want to pass on to them. But when I think of the the call and the command to pass on from one generation to the next, I don't see a picture of just parents to children. I see a picture of community. I see a picture of aunts and uncles. I see a picture of friends and neighbors. I see a picture of older and younger 
different backgrounds, different thoughts, all coming together at a table and saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We're going to love the Lord with everything we've got. So five years ago, it's almost been five years now, Christy and I made the decision to come to this community to hear. And one of the biggest reasons we did wasn't because I thought, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to impart wisdom on all everybody here and they're going to just get so spiritual because that's not, I mean, hopefully that's happening. No, I'm just joking. But that wasn't my, my, my main goal. We thought, where is it we want to be that our kids can hear, love God, love others? What group of people can we do that with? And we have found that here. We have found community. We have found adopted aunts, adopted uncles, adopted grandparents that have poured their life, that have picked up salt and said, look, and salt loses its saltiness, that have walked along with them and walked along with us, teaching us to obey the decrees and the commands of God. And so that's what we've seen here. And that's what we love about this people group. And five years ago when we came, one of the other things that we, we discovered is that this place is about Camp Deerun. Now, we did not have a Camp Deerun background. I had some connections to it before at Bowles Children's Home where I worked. We had used it a, a few times for facilities. Uh, not too long ago, we discovered that I was a ropes facilitator at Bowles when staff came out. Uh, like back in 96, 95, 96, 97, two bowls, and I helped facilitate them. So I've had very small connections with Camp Deer Run, but when I came here, there was a huge, large connection to Camp Deer Run. Uh, we had been involved in other camps. I had been involved as a minister in other camps. But now we're here at, at Camp Deer Run Capital Church right here, and and... I'm going to have to change things up a little bit. And my daughters are going to have to go somewhere different. And they said, Dad, I'm not too sure about this. Uh, I don't, I don't, we want to go to our old camp. We really love our old camp. And our old camp, is, it's a wonderful camp. Uh, but, but Dad, they, and it wasn't the fact that they, didn't, they don't have AC in the cabinets. I mean, there's that, but it was, it, or, or a lack of technology. You can't use phones and stuff like that wasn't, their biggest concern, their biggest concern was, like, those people are weird out there. <laughs> I hear they do weird games and have weird names, like Ochi, Wenachi, Nishaman, am I close? All right. Uh, Killy Olympics, and then they do this thing called out camping, Dad. Like, like you're in a cabin all, all for two weeks that has no AC, and they think, Oh, let's make it worse. Let's go out camping, <laughs> which is going camping outside with nothing, all right? Uh, and they weren't too sure about it. But we said, you know what? This is what Lamar Avenue is about. So this is what we're going to be about. Our community, our new community is about this. So we're going to be about that. And we did it. And what we found at Camp Deeron was community. It was community of generations passing on to generations to love God and love others. And I believe it was their first year that they got done with camp, 
and they said out camping was the most miserable experience in their life, but it was the best and most fun, and it was awesome, and they loved out camping all at the same time. And it was because during out camping, there was community. There was relationships being built. And during out camping, there was people talking about how God impacted their lives. And they were picking up salt and saying, hey, look, salt loses its saltiness. They were experiencing God. They were experiencing walking like Christ. My son gets to go this week for, for two weeks. Last year, he, he kind of cheated. Christy was camp nurse, and so she, uh, we took her we took him with us, and he got to join in the fun, but this year he gets to do a full two weeks. And I'm excited that he is going to be able to hear and experience what does it mean to love God and love others because I can't do it alone. As a youth minister, I can't do it alone with these kids. It needs Camp Deron, another generation handing off to another generation to love God and love others because of, we're so connected with Camp Deer Run, this is why they're here today. And also because we're so connected with Camp Deer Run, there's exciting news that's going on in Camp Deer Run's life. I'm going to hand it over to Ty for a few moments, and he's going to share with you about that exciting news. You're doing a great job, man. I really hate to follow you on that because... Just want to let him keep going. Um, really, I mean, I was, I was right there with you listening. Um, so I'm going to try to pick up here because uh, I think Jared was really uh, preaching well um, when he was talking about generations passing on to generations. It's funny the the spot where I was planning to pick up and and begin talking was kind of thinking about that because I was thinking about my dad and. Uh, are there any handymen or anyone claiming in here to be a handyman or woman? Anybody in here handyman? No, raise your hand for real. Own it. Okay? You're not owning it. But I know out there, there are some wives that are saying, you better raise your hand. There's a lot of people uh, who believe themselves to be a handyman, somebody that can fix things. And my dad is that for sure. And he passed a little of that on to me. I'm probably a little lesser than he was, um, but or he is. But... My dad was a handyman, and so I got to thinking about that, and uh, a couple qualities of my dad's handiwork is, number one, it's going to weigh like four million pounds, because he's going to have built it so sturdy. It is Tim Ford strong. Um, and then another thing is it's going to be laced with so many nails from his nail gun that it adds another couple 20 or 30 pounds. It sounds like World War III when my dad gets a nail gun in his hand, because he is just going after it. But I was thinking about handyman and uh, fixing things, and I'm sure that we have all attempted to fix things before. We've attempted to do a job, um, all kinds of different things around the house. But I was particularly thinking about trying to do a job when you don't have the right tool, or when you don't have the best tool. How frustrating it can be and how hard it can be to do an effective job when you don't have the tool that you need to get the job done. And what happens in that moment is you, you need a, a hammer and you don't have one. And so you see a rock on the ground or you have a screwdriver and you turn it upside down and you attempt to make it a hammer and you attempt to take care of what it is you were trying to accomplish. Um, I think that is a good illustration of where we are at Camp Duran with one of the tools that we have 
uh, on site uh, to feed our campers. Um, I think this is a clicker, right? Is it going to work? Okay. I'm excited to share with you this morning uh, huge news from Camp Deer Run. The board had been praying. We've been uh, considering for a long time this, this tool that we have in the Camp Deer Run dining hall that was not uh, as effective as it needed to be. And after a, a good amount of time in prayer and in thought, we've determined that it's time to launch the Simply Changing Lives campaign because we need a more effective tool to do the things that Jared's been talking about. We need to be able to um, care for our campers and feed them in a way that continues to um, increase their experience. And it's just very simple to say, our current dining hall is no longer adequate. It's not a, a tool that is adequate for the experience we're trying to provide, and there's a couple reasons for that. Um, number one is when it was built, it was built for half the number of campers that we currently have. So imagine three times a day trying to squeeze 200 people through this small building. If you've been out there, you can see it's pretty small. Um, and the stress that puts on the program and the workers and the rush, rush, rush feeling it gives that we don't really want our campers to have. And that's one reason. The other reason, it, that current building is in need of improvements anyways. The, the roof leaks at times. With all this rain we've been having, uh, water comes rushing down that hill and floods the mess hall. Um, and then besides that, our fridges and freezers, um, our facility manager has to check them multiple times a day just to make sure we are still good to go. So it's very evident this improvement is needed. And it's needed so that we can continue um, to provide uh, the experience to our campers that we want to. And so this is the exciting news. Two things are very exciting. We have decided and prayerfully done so to launch the Simply Changing Lives campaign Somebody click me forward because that's not working. There we go. To build a new dining hall, an effective tool for ministry, an effective tool to get our kids fed so they can get out of the dining hall and back into what God has made. We need to raise $1.4 million to do that. And so this is where things are, it's kind of exciting, right? Like, oh, good idea. You need to raise a lot of money. You know, and like, that's a nice picture. But what is awesome is God has blessed us so much already. And I'm so excited to share with you that uh, God has blessed us to raise $797,000 already. So we're over halfway there. And we're coming to you and other churches and the people that support and love this ministry to say, help us finish this off. Help us take this huge step of faith to provide Camp Deer Run um, with a tool to allow us to do the things we need to do. And so that is an exciting thing to share with you. You uh, have a deep relationship. What did you just call it? Camp Deer and Capital Church? That's awesome. Uh, amen to that. I like that. But you have a deep relationship with Deer Run, and it's been going on for years. And I think you can all relate to the things that Jared was sharing. This is the single largest financial step forward in camp's history. And we need churches to go and step forward with us as well, um, to be the leaders, to say to other churches, this is a worthwhile and good ministry that is effective at passing on faith. And so this is an exciting time to be a part of Camp Deer Run. It's exciting to launch the Simply Changing Lives campaign. But I want to be clear this morning, this campaign is not about a building. It's not at all about that. The building is a tool to accomplish the ministry that needs to take place. 
And very quickly this morning, I just want to share just something to help you see and illustrate that this is not about a building. If you think about it, God has always used physical things and physical places to connect his people to spiritual things. He's always used physical things and physical places to share the truth about who he is and what he's doing in this world. So just a couple of things that, that come to mind is his tabernacle and the Ark of the, Covenant, uh, Ark of the Covenant. The people carried these things around, and that was a reminder, a physical reminder that God was with them and that they were his people. And so as they moved around from place to place and they took that with them, they had that physical reminder. You think about being fed with manna and quail. That was a physical, a daily reminder to depend on God for everything they need, that he was the source of what they needed. And then later in the New Testament, a similar lesson with the loaves and the fish. Once again, Jesus showing in a physical way, he is the provider. He is the source of the sustenance that we need. And then just thinking about Jesus himself coming down in physical flesh. He was a physical reminder, a physical thing to show who God is and what he's doing in this world. So for over six, or for nearly 60 years, God has been using Camp Deer Run to connect people and to point them back to him. Camp is a physical place connecting people to God and the truth of who he is and what he is doing in this world. Camp is an anchor point for people in their relationship with God. And it's a way to effectively pass on faith. There's a couple of things, and I shared these two years ago with you, that we see as key results of a deer run experience. One of those things is that God becomes real. And it doesn't just happen. And it's not that God's not real outside the gates of Camp Deer Run. But when the campers come in and they see these awesome tall pine trees, when they sit and uh, hang out with each other by the campfire, and they hear the crickets, they hear the bugs, when they go out onto the ball field, and they look up and there's these amazing stars, they start to look around and say, this is real. God is real. And they see him. And they see him and his love in the lives of the summer staff. And as they model Jesus to the campers, again, they get this picture that this is real. This thing I hear about at church, these things that my parents are trying to tell me about, they experience them at camp, and it becomes real in their life. And in that experience, their faith becomes their own. They latch on to it. They take hold of Jesus. And so that's why I think it's an anchor point for them and their relationship with God because it's in this place that they see him and he becomes real in their life and they grab hold of him in a real way and they grab hold of the things that he values and they don't want to let it go. And the impact of all this lasts for a lifetime. To illustrate and to kind of close my portion of this, I want to share with you a story from about a month ago. I came out to camp on a Sunday afternoon for a board meeting. And I looked over and I saw at the rec hall where we all paint our names at the end of the session, a truck I didn't recognize. I didn't, didn't know who it was. And so I made my way over there to find out. And when I got there, I found a young man. He's about 21 years old. He's just sitting in the rec hall looking out onto the ball field. And when I got close enough to see who he was, I knew exactly uh, who it was. So I st he stood up and approached me and we hugged. And he immediately began to cry. And we sat down and he shared with me that his marriage and his life was a wreck. Everything was messed up. And he said, I've turned away from God, and I know it. 
And I came back here because I was trying to find him. And so camp was an anchor point in his life, so much so that when everything else had been messed up and he knew he needed to come back to God, he just wanted to come sit at Camp Deer Run and look around and feel God's presence in his life. It is very real what Jared has been talking about. The ministry at Deer Run is an effective way to pass on faith so that campers can have a faith that is their own, so that God can become real in their life, and so that they carry the impact of that throughout their life. And so I'm so excited to share with you a body of believers, uh, a community of people who love Camp Deer. I'm excited to share with you what we're doing. This building will be an incredibly helpful tool to help us do this ministry. But we need to do this so that faith can continue to be passed on, so that campers for another 60 years can come to know God in this way where they grab hold of him and never let go, so that they have this anchor point in their life that they can always come back to in times of trouble, but also every day as they go on living out love God and love each other. So I'm thankful to be here with you today, and thank you for your part in Camp Deeran and in this ministry. May God bless you as you all serve him here. Like Ty said, it's, it's not a, about the building. It's about the community. It's about the, the believers that are trying to pass on from one generation to the next. I've seen both Ty and Clay and others when they start speaking about the money side of it, when they say how much money has already been given, you can tell there's an emotional attach to it when they speak it. And it's not because it's about the money, it's because there are hands, there are people behind it. There is a community behind this community who loves this place, and we're one of those communities. And so in the near future, we will have opportunity to participate and help this campaign continue to move forward. But right now, I want to challenge you to, to go on Camp Duran's website. There is a uh, 40 days of prayer uh, and I want to read one of those posts by Brad Cox. One memory that stands out above others happened on the way to the first Tuesday night cookout, my final year as a camper. Hochi group leader, one of those weird names, by the way, Hochi group leader, Ed Wilkes, and I each had a side of the heavy orange drink container making our way up uh, the steep trail to Red Buzzard. As we walked, Ed told me to listen to the stories he told me around the campfire and to pay attention to what he did in group Bible and at Indian Day and the other events throughout the two-week session. Someday, you will be leading this group, telling these stories, carrying on these traditions. As the group leader in 1991, I made the point to ask a few campers to grab the other side of the drink container and talk with me on the steep trail to Red Buzzer. Generation handing off generation, how to live, how to lead, how to interact with other people, how to love God, and how to love others. And so Camp Deer Run helps us see what community is about, what doing that is about. And we live in a world, we live in a culture, I should say, that is all about individuality, that is all about to each his own, that is all about pull yourself up by your bootstraps, that is, is, is very all about independence instead of interdependence. And then Satan throws in some false community. He uses social networks to, to pull you in, to make you think you're fulfilling 
community. But here's the thing. It is in us to desire true and real community. God wired that in us. And so you're made for community. We're made for it. And sometimes we're afraid of it. We're afraid to, to, to be real with others. We're afraid to be vulnerable. And so we take Satan's route of false community. But this is a community here. This is a community of believers who we don't always act like we should. We don't always respond to things how we should. But we're all here striving to love God and love others. And we're figuring it out together. In this community, we can sit together in the house and we can talk about our struggles as husbands and wives. We can talk about our struggles as living in this world with different co-workers that might be weighing burdens on us. We can talk about our struggles of our kids and, and the impact that this world and culture is having on them. And we can come together at this table in this community and share those things, be vulnerable and say, I need help. And so many of you do that in so many different ways. Growing up, I, I heard the, the, the scripture, Hebrews 10.25, don't forsake the assembly. And I always tie that into specifically Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. But if you go back and look, it says, hey, be sure to spur one another on. Be sure to encourage one another. And don't forsake the assembly. Or don't, don't forget to meet with one another. Don't forget to be in community with one another. It was more than just Sunday morning and Wednesday. It was about sharing with one another at the table, saying, hey, let's help generations pass on to generations. Love God, love others. And if you have any need that you need to bring to the community, this is the time that you can do that as we sing. There's a stirring. Please stand with me. There's a stirring
Please be seated. Our youth Coral Smith is going to be uh, baptized into Christ this morning, and Jerry's going to take her confession in just a moment uh, there in the baptistry. I'm going to ask the Camp Deer Run staff if you'd continue to lead us in song as we wait. been a great day, amen. I want to thank uh, Jared and Ty for the messages this morning. Uh, I want to thank the staff for coming and being with us and lifting us up. While we're uh, 
waiting for uh, coral to come out, um, I want to encourage the congregation to uh, go to the website that uh, Ty has encouraged us to. Uh, be looking at that. Uh, you will have an opportunity as part of this congregation later on to make contribution toward that. Uh, we have many kids uh, who attend Camp Deer Run, uh, many uh, as old as Jay Spencer, who have been at Camp Deer Run. Um, I'm not going to say anything about gay, but uh, uh, it, it is a great environment. Uh, builds children up, uh, gives them an opportunity to be around uh, other Christians. Um, I'm going to uh, do a, a prayer for camp, uh, and then after Coral comes out, uh, I'll, uh, when I finish this prayer, if y'all will, sing a little more, and then uh, we'll end in prayer after she comes out. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for the day, the blessings, all you do for us. Father, today is uh, we've been blessed by the staff of Camp Deer Run being with us, and we just pray blessings upon them this summer as they impact hundreds of children. We just pray you give them courage and strength and the knowledge that they have of you share with those they come in contact with. In Christ's name, amen. The best thing in my life I ever did do. The best thing in my life I ever did do. The best thing in my life I ever did do was take off the old robe and put on the new. The old robe was ragged and tattered and torn. The new robe was spotless and never been worn. Will the other elders make their way down front, please? We're going to ask uh, the Coral's family and, and her to come up front, and we're going to pray a prayer of blessing upon her. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for the day. We thank you for the blessing. We thank you for 
Lord's decision today to put you on your baptism, Father, and to walk as one of your children, Father. We pray for her as she starts that journey, Father. Uh, we pray for her family as they also walk, um, as we all do, and try to shine your light on a daily basis. And we just pray blessings upon them. And again, we thank you for all that have encouraged her and have, have brought her to this point. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Christ's name, amen. You are dismissed.